What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Taz. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. You know they say that beauty is pain and all that jazz, but is beauty worth your life? If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say, that today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need, your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere. Where you're listening right now, you can have your podcast there. I promise, for real. And it's free. And you can make some money off of your podcast for free. Free money. Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today. Our players this week are Camille Gordon, victim, Angeline Barber, Camille's best friend, Natasha Stewart, aka Pebbles the Model, co conspirator, and Tracy Lynn Garner, our murderess. Tracy Lynn Gardner was also known as Miss Tracy. She was born in Jackson, Mississippi on November 5th, 1957 to her parents, Sylvester and Dorothea Gardner. Very Mississippi name, Dorothea. Now, Tracy was not actually born Tracy. Tracy is a transgender woman, and I'm not sure, I couldn't tell from my sources when she started identifying as a woman, when she started, when she actually started her transition. However, she graduated from Summer High School in 1977, and she furthered her education at Heinz Community College. After that, she worked in the service industry, and sometimes she worked part-time as a floral and interior designer. She also worked as a cook at the local nursing home. Now, because of that, she was wearing her scrubs at the nursing home and she was seen coming and going in her scrubs all the time. Now, like I said, I don't know when her transition started and slash or when she started using the she, her pronouns. But we do know that at some point she started getting some cosmetic surgery, underground cosmetic surgery. Soon enough, she was so deep into the underground world of the black market cosmetic surgery that she began to perform procedures on other women, mainly out of her home. Now, in 2010, she met a woman named Marilyn Hale, and Marilyn decided to go see Miss Tracy because she wanted some butt injections. That was what Miss Tracy was known for. Now, she went to go get these injections on January 13th, 2010, and she was shot with silicone. Well, Marilyn Hale quickly became ill. She was in the hospital, and a few days later, on January 18, 2010, Marilyn died from the silicone injections at the St. Vincent East Hospital in Birmingham, Alabama. I guess we could go back and forth and speculate amongst ourselves if Miss Tracy knew about Marilyn's death. Did Tracy care that Marilyn died? Did she even know that Marilyn died? We don't know what she knew. However, she had no shortage of clientele from models to other trans women to adult entertainers. Her surgical doors were always open. And one of the models that she knew very well was Natasha Stewart, also known as Pebbles the Model. Natasha Stewart was originally from Memphis, Tennessee and went by the name Pebbles the Model. She was known as the largest urban model. 
She started off as a dancer and had her big break from her cover model shoot with G Unit on Straight Stunt Magazine. From NBA All-Star Weekend to private Super Bowl halftime shows, she became a very popular model and had DVDs, pictures, adult videos, all of that. She was already known in the industry for having a fat ass and a small waist, and one day she traveled to Houston, Texas, and was at a club called Harlem Nights, where she saw this woman with a fat ass booty. She was like, damn, her ass fatter than mine. So she was like, that's what I want. So she talks to this girl, and that girl hooks her up with who? Miss Tracy. So Pebbles goes to Miss Tracy and gets shots in her ass. And then she becomes known for having the biggest ass and the smallest waist, like, in the whole urban model scene. And this is, like, very music video girl. Very video vixen. Very video vixen. Very early stages of adult entertainment, mm-hmm. you know. There was no OnlyFans. However, she does have an OnlyFans right now. <laughs> now, when I'm saying big ass small waist in her prime her waist was measuring 26 inches and her ass at 48. she constantly traveled but ultimately she decided to settle down in queens new york now pebbles loved her fans and one thing many people liked about her was that she was approachable men were her fans for obvious reasons and loved that she stopped to chat with him and women wanted to start their careers and felt comfortable coming to her for advice one woman that approached her was an aspiring model karima gordon Karima was born on January 22nd, 1975, on the island of St. Croix. In middle school, she ran track and field, but in high school, she excelled in art, participating in many art showcases. Now, she modeled for an agency called Cindy's Models on the Isle, which was owned by her older sister, Cindy. So she started her modeling career and she had a foot in the door already. She started winning awards for modeling, like Supermodel of the Year, Best Runway Model, Best Swimsuit Model. I mean, the competitions, the lists go on and on. She even placed first runner up in the Miss U.S. Virgin Island pageant. So if Miss U.S. Virgin Island could not fulfill her duties, the first runner up would step in and take over her duties. Karima did have a child. She had a son, and I'm not sure of the exact date of her son's birth, but he was born sometime in the late 90s. Also in the late 90s, in 99, Karima joined the Army, and she was stationed in Italy, where she worked as a motor transport specialist. After going into the military, she earned her associate's degree in business management from the University of the Virgin Islands in 2003, and things were starting to look up. So in 2004, she decided that she wanted to come on to Atlanta, Georgia. She wanted to grow her modeling career and she was like listen I was doing very well in the islands like I feel like I made a name for myself when it came to this modeling thing it's time to take it to the continental states and eventually go worldwide she was described as fun loving she was the type of person that they said radiated confidence and she was just a happy-go-lucky always bouncing around type of girl in 2010 karima messaged pebbles asking for information regarding butt enhancements she wanted to achieve her goal of becoming an urban hip-hop model with her friend angeline barber and she felt that it was very very necessary for her to enhance her butt to achieve this goal. Now, Pebbles didn't disclose any information at this time, but Karima continues to push for details. She's texting Pebbles that she's going to do whatever she got to do to get it taken care of, and she's been to numerous websites, and she could not find the right information. And Pebbles is responding cordially, but she's not disclosing anything about where she gets her work done, right? 
And Karima is not letting up. She says, quote, she will not give up on her mission to ultimately achieve a tastefully great but enhanced fit. In November 2011, Karima messaged Pebbles again to let her know that she, quote, hasn't gotten her situation fixed yet and was still looking for a good butt job like Pebbles. She asked Pebbles for a referral and even went as far to let Pebbles know that she'd be willing to compensate her for the information. Mm, that's the way to spark somebody's ear. So Pebbles like, listen, Karima, let me let me talk to you face to face. In February of 2012, 37-year-old Karima and her friend Angeline decided that they were going to fly from Atlanta to New York to meet with 38-year-old Pebbles. Now, they told Pebbles all about their dreams of becoming a model and Pebbles was like, yeah, girl, it's definitely an attainable dream. Like, it's money out here for everybody to get. Okay, so I'm going to send you to Miss Tracy. Now, Miss Tracy, she has been doing these enhancements for the girls for years. Like, she's the one that you want to go to. She's a nurse. She's super professional. But, I mean, you're going to be at her house, but it's going to be cheap, and you're going to get what you want. That's why we had to have this conversation face-to-face, because she's a professional. The girls were like, great. And she was like, listen... A $200 referral fee sounds like a decent little exchange. So the girls were like, absolutely, a $200 referral fee, we can 100% do that for you. So on March 12, 2012, Pebbles sends Tracy a text message, and Tracy responds like a minute later. Now, the court records didn't show what happened with their exchange, but, you know, they exchanged a few more text messages that week, and other than that, they didn't have a lot of communication. Now, on March 15th, a couple days later, 2012, Pebbles gives Miss Tracy's number to Karima and Angeline. And she's like, okay, this is the address that you need to go to. Girl, tell me why the next day they show up to the address. The address is in Mississippi because that's where Miss Tracy is. Miss Tracy is in Jackson, Mississippi, right? They go. It ain't to a house, girl. It's to a Walgreens because Pebbles needed her referral fee. So they go into the Walgreens, they buy a green dot money pack card, they send Pebbles her $200, Pebbles then says, okay, here's Miss Tracy's home address, gives the home address, Karima decides she's going to scribble it on a notebook that's in the car, of course, to make sure that she has it, and they head over to Miss Tracy's house. When they arrive, Miss Tracy meets them outside. She's in the driveway, she's in her scrubs. And they're questioning a little bit, but, you know, she's in her scrubs. It seems legit, right? Legit enough, I guess. They meet Miss Tracy outside, and the girls are shocked because Miss Tracy is 52 years old, 6'3", 240 pounds, and they say they weren't aware that she was a transgender woman. Now, what that has to do with it, I don't know, but... It may not be less of what that has to do with it, but more of the fact that, like... She's tall. And if you look at her face, like, she's got a mean mug. So she's a little intimidating. I don't know. It's just the way, like, even in the show, Angeline and is like. And in her face are lopsided. Like, it's intimidating. But Angeline is like, in, when, in the interview, she's like, I didn't know she was transgendered. And I changed my mind. Mm. Oh, it was on some of that. That, that's what it felt like and it, I felt like I felt like it wasn't just oh you're intimidating like she didn't say this is a big tall woman and she looked intimidating or a big tall botched woman and it was intimidating it was like I didn't know she was transgender 
I'm out. Okay. Right. But also, like, come on. You've lived in the 90s. You've lived in the early 2000s. Underground cosmetic surgery, all the trans girls were doing all it. All the trans girls were doing it. That's their that's their business. That That's where it's happening at. Right. Even, like, with Dr. Dodge, she was like, that was most of her patients. And she mm-hmm. talking about, I'm going to be so welcoming to them because they're the ones who are going to this. These are the ones who are getting fucked up. Like, it's it's they're a big part of that industry. So, in addition to her looking a bit intimidating, her house, there are syringes everywhere. And the quote-unquote medical table was a very low-budget massage table. And Angeline is like, you know what? I think I'm out. I think I'm not going to go through with this. So, Miss Tracy just collects 1500 for her to work on Karima. And she leads her to the back room while Angeline waited in a separate room. Now, in the <clears throat> operating room, if that's what you want to call it, there was silicone, but it wasn't medical-grade silicone. It's like hardware store silicone, like like caulk. She's caulking her ass. And she's got syringes, cheap little massage table, like how the girls put when they're doing lashes or what, like that, that. Like when they first started to do lashes. When they cause... first started to do the lashes. Like, I'm getting my place set up. This this is what she got. And a whole bunch of needles, pills, and super glue. And you know what that super glue was used for? To close incisions. Who needs stitches? Now, when Karima came back from the operating room, she looked very distraught. And she described her pain as the worst feeling in her life. And she had had a baby. But, you know, technically, like, there's supposed to be something in us that makes us forget about the pain. It's the love for your child. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> is that what it's called? It's yes. It's called love? <laughs> it's like your hurt and that pain goes through and then you look at your baby and you can't focus on anything else. You just see your baby. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> That's what they tell me, at least. I ain't got no keys. So... The two started their journey home back to Atlanta, and Angelina is driving while Karima is laid in the back seat, and she is coughing violently. She's sweating profusely, and Angeline is having to pull the car over multiple times so Karima can shit on the side of the road. Like she's going through it. So they contact Miss Tracy, and they like, listen, Miss Tracy, Karima is not feeling well. And Miss Tracy says, maybe try some Benadryl, little cough medicine. She should be fine. You said she has a cough? Uh, sounds like cough medicine. She's sweating? Mm, maybe a cold. Give her a Benadryl. Yeah. Maybe some allergies or something. I don't know. So they took Miss Tracy's expert advice, but Karima continues to get worse. Now she's saying she can't breathe. So they call Miss Tracy again. They're like, Miss Tracy, she can't breathe. What are we supposed to do? And Miss Tracy's like, listen, take Karima to the hospital, but tell the doctor she has asthma. Do not tell them exactly what happened to her. Do not tell the medical professionals about your unmedical professional. But see, at this time, they think she's the medical professional, right? Oh, that's right. So they are back in Georgia at this time. They're in Stockbridge, and Angeline decides that she's going to take Karima to the ER. They go to the ER, and the doctors in the ER give Karima an IV, and they put her on oxygen. Karima then calls her dad and is like, hey, Pops, I'm in the hospital. I think I'm going to be fine. Just letting you know, just kind of letting you know the condition of what's going on. But I'm going to be okay. And her dad is like, okay, you're in the hospital, but you're telling me that you're going to be fine. Fine. Now, Karima's kind of stabilized, and she decides to check herself out the next day. Two days later, Karima returns to the ER. She 
still does not disclose the injections that she had to the doctors and the doctors are like okay well we need to figure out what's going on with you let's treat her for pneumonia so they start treating her for pneumonia and of course she's not getting better finally she decides to share the truth about what happened to her and about her silicone injections and the doctors are like yo you should have told me this earlier they now know where to look and they see that she is suffering from pulmonary emboli which basically means that there are all these small particles that are blocking the blood vessels in her lungs then the doctor from the hospital calls karima's parents and is like hey things are taking a very downward spiral and it's going down fast you guys need to get here and as a family you all need to start preparing for the worst over the next few days, we don't have good news. Karima's condition just goes down and it goes down fast. She's coughing up blood. She can't breathe on her own. And eventually she just becomes completely unresponsive. Eight days after she was hospitalized on March 24th, 2012, Karima's organs completely shut down and she passed away. After her death, an autopsy was performed and the results of the autopsy confirmed what the doctors really believed that silicone had leaked from her butt, traveled into her bloodstream to her lungs and thus killing her. The medical examiner that performed her autopsy, when they cut into her butt, it was just like silicone it was clear oily liquid just spilling out to the point that they had to stop the autopsy to just clean up the room from everything that was pouring out of her butt so that they could continue to examine her properly. The examiner also found that the tissue in, in her body just contained like lots of little pockets, like a whole bunch of cysts and all these little cyst-like things were filled up with silicone. There, and there was also hemorrhaging and they could tell that the hemorrhaging was extremely recent. Like, I don't know, within the past eight days. After the autopsy, the Mississippi Attorney General's office decided that, you know, this is a serious case and it's time to open up a murder investigation. So the investigation into Tracy Lynn Garner takes about six months. Immediately after Karima's death, Karima's parents begin scrolling through her phone and quickly find text messages between Pebble and Tracy. They also find a notebook with Tracy's address written on it in the car, which aligns with the story that Pebbles gives, which is saying that she called the girls while at Walgreens to give them Tracy's address. Now, the investigators take a look into Tracy and Pebbles' bank accounts, and they find that the timelines match up, and bank records are showing that Tracy deposited 1500 on the day of the injections which is the amount that Karima paid for the procedure. Records also show that Pebbles received $200 on the day of the injections, which aligns with the referral bonus Pebbles required from the girls. The investigators execute a search warrant in Tracy's home, and they find evidence that aligned with Tracy doing injection procedures in the house. Altogether, collectively, they find over 100 large syringes, some of which are labeled for veterinary use only, like you got like horse and dog syringes out here shooting <sighs> people up. They find a gallon of industrial silicone, which you can buy at Lowe's, Home Depot. Some it, people said it was kind of like fix a flat. Mm-hmm. Like fix a flat. Things yes, that don't belong in your ass. Right. Um, they find super glue, alcohol, latex gloves, the massage tables, three social security cards, three birth certificates, a few loaded guns, and some random needles and control pills. With all the search warrant evidence, investigators are certain that there's definitely more patients who had to have been botched by Miss Tracy. So they made a plea and they do a call out to everybody. They're like, hello, hello, anybody, anybody who has been destroyed, victimized, killed, 
at the hands of Miss Tracy. Please contact us. And the family of a 22-year-old from Selma, Alabama, named Marilyn Hale, comes forward. Marilyn passed away after receiving injections from Tracy in 2010, if you remember. Now, when investigators get a hold of this information, they go back and they exhume her body. And they do an autopsy and they find out, yes, actually the injections that Miss Tracy gave her did in fact kill her. And so then they open up a separate murder charge for that one. Yeah, so on September 16th, 2012, six months after the murder took place, Tracy was arrested at her home in Jackson, Mississippi, and she was charged with both depraved heart murder and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Now, depraved heart murder, I think this is the first one that we've had on Sister Sue Carroll. It is very similar to second degree murder under Mississippi law. Basically, it means that it's, killing that was caused by a reckless endangerment or recklessly disregarding human life. So maybe you didn't intend to kill them, but you didn't do all the proper steps to make sure that life would be lived afterwards. Does that make sense? Yeah, basically it's like a heavy negligence charge. Like you were so neglectful, you 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 didn't care enough to make sure somebody I just feel lived. like I could, I I depraved heart murder like i feel like there are a lot of parents we'd be hearing about these kids that accidentally shoot themselves i'm jumping subjects we'd be hearing about these kids that accidentally shoot themselves or shoot other people or there was one kid it just happened where a kid was like five years old high on coke and killed the other baby are the parents getting charged with depraved heart murder murder i don't know jumping subjects let me get back from what I could find on the internet, there are no reports that, you know, Miss Tracy resisted arrest or that there were any hardcore interrogations and damn sure no confessions. She did get her chance to stand in front of a judge and she pled not guilty and she was placed in jail without bond. And the Mississippi Supreme Court sent the case back to Hines County and they were like, listen, she's not being charged with a capital offense. Therefore, she should be allowed bail. So they were like, okay. Hines County was like, fine. We will set her bail at $200,000. And Ms. Tracy just pulled out some cash from her bosom. It was like, bet. Place bail and she was put on house arrest and she was barred from using the internet. Now, in January 2013, they decided that they were coming after Miss Pebbles too. Pebbles, the model, was arrested, and she was charged also with depraved heart murder. Again, it didn't seem like she resisted. There wasn't any interrogation that we could find, and definitely not a confession. On January 2014, Pebbles goes to trial, and she testifies that Karima was insecure about her body and wanted help fixing her previously botched butt enhancements. She claims that she connected Karima to Tracy to help Karima out and didn't ask for money. Instead, Karima insisted on paying her. She also testified that she believed Tracy was a registered nurse. She said, this woman been working with me for years. <laughs> okay. On January 31st, 2014, despite being charged with depraved heart murder, the jury found Pebbles guilty of a lesser charge of culpable negligent manslaughter. In February of 2014, Mississippi Judge Bill Gowen sentenced Pebbles to seven years in prison and eight years of a suspended time for manslaughter. During the sentencing, Pebbles gave an impact statement saying that she regrets Karima's death and that she was, quote, blinded by this substance called silicone and her quest for outer beauty. Through tears, she said, my heart and deepest condolences go out to Karima Gordon and her family and friends. I'm so deeply sorry. All I ever wanted to do was help Karima. 
Why does it feel like you're blaming her though? Isn't that what it's giving? Like she was on this quest for outer beauty and I was just being the good person that helped her. Well, because I guess the way I see it is at this point, now Pebbles is fighting for her life, right? And if right. somebody hit me up several times, like she didn't want to give the information up for whatever reason, whether it's because she wanted to keep it to herself or because she knew Miss Tracy was bad at what she did, Karima wasn't letting it go and was like, I'll pay you, I'll pay you, whatever, whatever. So she's begging for this contact. Two, does Pebbles even know that Miss Tracy is not a registered nurse? Because Pebbles has gotten over 20 injections by this woman career doing fine she's healthy you know what i'm saying she's not experiencing any of this so did she go with this in the mindset of knowing that she was sending her to a whack job her deathbed you know what yeah. i mean and so i think I mean, when you're yeah. right there pleading for your life i am so sorry for what happened to you all i did was relay this information that she asked me for you know what i mean yeah so karima's family was unable to travel to the sentencing because of winter weather but and I think because I think they still live in islands, but they sent the judge a letter and the letter shared that Pebbles had already had a life sentence because Pebbles, like we said, had 20 injections over the past seven years. They said they didn't want to throw the book at Pebbles, but she did need to pay for the part that she played. Now, Pebbles could have faced 25 years, but Gowan noted that Pebbles had never been in legal trouble before. So that's why he was leaving. Which is also good. Like, she's an adult entertainer. She'd be around these rappers and all that stuff. She ain't never gone to legal trouble. Mm -hmm. That's an accomplishment within itself. <laughs> now it's time for Tracy to go to trial. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial. She begins trial on August 26, 2014, and the prosecution calls 15 witnesses, three of which included medical examiners. Their names are Dr. Medita, Dr. Atkinson, and Dr. Stan Kieva. They all testified that the silicone injections that Tracy administered caused Karima's death and that the complications did not come to Karima prior to her receiving these injections. She didn't have any medical history that would have alluded to this downward spiral so quickly. They also said that she was charging 1500 but the price at that time was like 4500 So a huge discounted price than the licensed medical professionals would be charging, right? They also said that even though she was never a licensed medical professional, like she was always seen in scrubs. So yeah, maybe it's a little misleading. Why was she all in scrubs? Cause she worked at the nursing home. She was a cook there. I mean, she wasn't, a, she wasn't even a CNA baby. She was just a cook and they still wore scrubs. You can get scrubs from the thrift store. Anywhere really. You really can. The prosecution also showed evidence that Karima was very healthy, very active, an all-around outgoing person prior to going to Tracy to get her butt shots. Now, the defense, they did not deny that Tracy administered the injections, but they were like, listen, just because she administered the injections, that does not mean that the injections caused her death, okay? First of all, you want these underground, these bargain basement butt enhancements. But here's the thing. The silicone that y'all found in her basement when y'all got a warrant and went to her house, that's not the same silicone that you found in her butt. Which, girl, if you're going to Walmart or Home Depot, you probably just getting what's on sale. Because clearly you're not picky. Right. You're probably just getting what's on sale. And so they were like, listen, it doesn't match. So... 
if the glove does not fit, you must acquit. And they were like, listen, we don't know how much work she's gotten done before she even came to Mississippi. So saying that she didn't have a medical history you don't know that because she could have gotten something done right before she came. And the real question is, what silicone caused her death? Jury, I want you to think about that for a little while. The defense also did not call up any witnesses and Miss Tracy decided that she wasn't gonna testify. It took about five hours of deliberation before the jury came back on August 30th, 2014 with their verdict. Miss Tracy was found guilty of both depraved heart murder and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Now, she was taken into custody as soon as the verdict was read. Sentencing took place on September 2nd, 2014, and Tracy was sentenced to life in prison for the death of Karima Gordon. She was also sentenced to an additional five years for that conspiracy to commit wire fraud. And Miss Tracy, listen, Tracy was like, listen, I am still innocent. That's all I can tell you. When they sentenced her, she was cool as a cucumber, didn't really show any remorse, didn't really seem like she cared much, definitely didn't shed no tear. And one thing she wasn't going to do, never will do, was apologize. That wasn't happening. Now, when Tracy was taken to prison, she was actually taken to a men's prison. And this was because she's a transgender woman, but pre-op, so she needs to go into a men's prison and the state wasn't budging on that. Now, she did make a motion for a JNO, which is basically a judgment notwithstanding the verdict. That is basically a judgment by the trial judge after a jury has issued a verdict. So asking the judge to reevaluate the case and make a decision on his own that was denied judge was like listen we're going with what the jury says on this one in 2016 pebbles appealed denying that she had any knowledge that the procedure was deadly and claiming that karima obtained the procedure from tracy on her own free will pebbles says she truly believed that tracy was a registered nurse and pebbles herself had received multiple rounds of injection from tracy with no problem which you know i know i did it myself multiple times i wasn't trying to kill myself i wasn't trying to kill you how i get roped into this i ain't even asked you to go do it you came to me you know and so she takes us to the appeal court and in june of 2016 the mississippi appeals court actually reversed the decision that landed pebbles in prison and ultimately ruled that she was not responsible for karima's death and she was released which i agree with go on twitter right now and look up hashtag free pebbles with a z and you will see everybody going up about her being released. I was honestly shocked that they went after her in the first place. Yeah, and I could be like, I don't, I don't think it was. I'm trying to think of a a a, a charge name because I feel like she should be charged with something, right? But not this serious. I don't I'm trying know to think that. Of what I feel that like charge... she should be charged with anything. No. Mm -mm. If she truly, if the case is that she truly doesn't know, and like. I feel like she truly doesn't know because you went to her multiple times. Like, literally, this is your butt, girl. Right, and you you not dead. Right. So I feel like she had no idea of knowing she was setting this girl up for a death sentence. She didn't, she didn't push the issue. She was just like, fine, girl, I'll take your little $200. Here she go. That's all she did. And it just, it turned out bad, but I don't think... 
I don't think they were like co-conspirators. I don't think they planned this. Like, does she even know what's in, what was in her ass when she was getting it done? Or did she think it was like low budget safe or this is just what the girls do? You asked me for some cheap fix. I gave you a cheap fix, girl. I don't know. I don't know. You get what you pay for. You know what I mean? Tracy Lynn Garner also appeals her case in 2018, and she claims that the court messed up when they allowed other physicians' testimony. Tracy claims that Dr. Mendita's testimony was unreliable and beyond the scope of his expertise as a plastic and reconstructive surgeon. She also claims that Dr. Stinkiva's testimony was not sufficiently reliable because it had not been verified through scientific testing or subject to peer review. But ultimately, the court disagreed and denied her appeal. They did, however, say that the judgment notwithstanding verdict regarding the conviction for conspiracy to commit wire fraud, it was like, yeah, actually, we think that was that was a little off. So we'll reverse that and we'll take that Which off your sentence. I still the- don't know where they got that from. It has to be because they dropped Pebbles' as charges and they were trying to, it has to be. That's, I'm making this up, but, like, I don't know. So Tracy's in prison. She's doing her time. But, unfortunately, on January 14, 2018, they go to her cell and they find her laid out. Let's take her to the hospital. And at 58 years old and 3.5 years served, she passed away. The Department of Corrections did not elaborate on the circumstances surrounding her death. But they did share that she was taken from Central Mississippi Correctional Facility to a hospital in Jackson where she was pronounced dead. The timing of this was all in the middle of her appeal, so she never got to really see the outcome of it, but they still, you know, affirmed the depraved heart and reversed the wire fraud. Pebbles was released in 2016 and is still modeling. You can find her on Instagram. You can find her on Instagram. You can find her on Twitter. You can find her on OnlyFans. She out here. Now, Karima's family, they went ahead and established a foundation in Karima's name to educate others about the dangers of silicone injections. So the foundation is called the Karima Gordon Foundation. And basically, they work with young women trying to enhance their self-esteem so that they'll never want to get procedures like this in the first place. Like, let's teach you how to learn to love yourself so that you don't have to seek out looking a certain way or doing things to meet other people's standards and end up risking your life for it because ultimately it's not worth it yep and that is the story of tracy lynn garner all right y'all it's time for well i'm not black i'm oj i didn't do it but if i did this is how i would have got away with it Mm. i didn't do it but if i did girl caulk you shooting these girls up ass with caulk. You shooting these girls ass up with caulk and fix a flat and closing it with super glue. Does it sound good? Now I've actually heard of people closing their wounds with super glue. Like if you don't want to go to the doctor or something, they'll just because it's Instead similar of stitches, to like, I've seen some country like a liquid band aid. You know what I mean? That's what they call it, liquid band aid. But you shooting fucking. Hardware supplies, Home Depot shit, and niggas' asses. Putting that literally into their body and thinking that's not going to have some dangerous repercussions. And honestly, looking at the way that you look, and it looks like you've been botched a time or two. Are you just going to pass that on? Yeah. 
She was. And here's my thing. Like, I ain't do it, but if I did, you work at a nursing home, I'm sure that you've got your connects in your community. I'm sure that there was a way to even get underground medical grade silicone because it's even dangerous when medical grade silicone breast implants, they're still Mm -hmm. a danger. Right. But that danger also knows how to be, you know, how to be addressed because it's something that people have addressed. Also, I do it, but if I did, what, what they going to do to you, girl? Change it. You could change your number, but you need to tell them people to tell the doctor exactly what happened. This is not your first person you lost. Right. I knew it, but if I did, when they leave your house and she was fine getting there, then all of a sudden she's shitting, throwing up, and sweating, I damn sure wouldn't say, mm, try Benadryl. Come on now. Like, be, she is be sick. fucking for real. I ain't do it, but if I did, when they did go to the hospital, I would not tell them, don't tell them what happened. Because that's what a doctor needs to fix you, is to know what happened so he knows what he's treating. Exactly. Even if you had to say, don't mention my name, uh, my name Bennett, I ain't in it, whatever the fuck. No don't tell them what happened. encourage you to lie to the doctor. Y'all need to tell you that y'all doctors the truth. If you got a crook in your neck, you need to tell the doctor that you got a crook in your neck because you crack your neck too much so that it can help you. Like When your doctor asks you, are you doing weed? He not trying to send you to jail. He just got to know what the symptoms are. Like all of this shit, be honest with your doctors. I ain't do it, but if I did, this one's for our ladies. If my friend, like if you and I are going in to do something and you're like, oh, I don't know. It's giving very like suspicious. I'm backing out. Back out with your buddy. Mm-hmm. I know that it was. it's we a long it drive together. from Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? I know that it's a long drive from Atlanta to Mississippi, but like if you're not doing it, some one of our gut reactions are clearly right. I knew it, but if I did, if it is true that she was botched before going to Miss Tracy, that is the time to go see a board certified, right? Board certified licensed professional. I don't care. Even today, like I don't care if they're an Instagram doctor. I don't care if they've got all the followers. I don't care if they've done this body, that body, whatever. Board certified that can look at my chart and understand what's... You should have a chart. Girl, you didn't even have a chart. Board certified to medical professional to do your procedures. And I get it. Like, if y'all go back to our Dr. Dodds episode, you can you can find that there's still... It's still hard to find a good uh, medical cosmetic surgeon that is board certified. Even those... Take some real recommendations. You're honestly, your recommendations shouldn't come from an adult entertainer. But I guess that was her goal, huh? Mm-hmm. I don't think I have any more. Imagine what if she did, like, you can see Miss Tracy's face. Like, it definitely looks like there's some silicone or, like, some cement or whatever in the face. Like, what if you just got your lips done? Uh, because I'm, uh. <laughs> I don't have anything else. Yeah, me neither. Uh, parole or no parole? I'm glad that have? Pebbles got free. Um, yeah. I'm sad that uh, Tracy had to pass, but... Um, mm, mm, mm. 
I really want to know how many people lost their lives. I feel like it's more than those two. I do. I feel like there, and even if there are, even if it is just those two, because I've been with Dr. Dodds, it was only two people, but like, I'm sure that there are plenty of horror stories. I'm going to go, go ahead and say no parole. If my good yeah. sis was still Especially alive. if you're still sticking on that unremorseful shit. Yeah. Mm, that's all I got. All right, let's read some reviews. Let's go home. All right, let's read some reviews. If you want to leave us a review, you can. Anywhere, literally, wherever you're listening right now, go and see if you can leave us a review. More than likely, you can. If you can't, you probably can leave us a rating. Do that. If you can't do any of that on the platform that you're listening on, press the share button and send it to somebody and tell them, oh my gosh, you need to listen to this episode right now, okay? Do it. Do it right now. I'm waiting. <laughs> Thank you. This interview, this, what is this thing called? A review comes from It's a Bear. It's a Bear says, the only podcast I listen to, five stars. When I tell you I hate podcasts, I mean I hate podcasts. I normally get distracted by something and lose focus and I don't hear everything that's being said. To top it off, most people's voices on podcasts annoy me. So I really never have been able to stand any podcast long enough to get through a whole episode, let alone come back to hear more. But baby, sisters who kill has me binging all the episodes and actually listening and laughing i truly feel like i know mariah and tazzy and we're just kicking it cutting up over murderers <clears throat> murderesses this is the only podcast i listen to and i love it so much that i downloaded apple Podcasts just to leave a review and show them some love oh, thank you it's a bad you can do that too you can literally just download apple Podcasts, leave us a review delete apple Podcasts, and Go back to your favorite listening device. It's that Don't tell me we said that. <laughs> but do it. Do it right now. Do it. Okay, this one says that good stuff. Hello, ladies. I just found a two of you today, and I'm binging this entire weekend to catch up. Something I need to address about what women have is that it doesn't matter your color, size, looks, or financial situation. If you're a woman, you have all the good stuff. For us knuckle-dragging men, our end game doesn't change. We're physical, women are emotional, lol. But it's nice to hear a woman's perspective. Keep doing what you do. I love it. I'm 60 years old, alone, but not lonely. I love my audio books and true crime stories. Soon I'll start okay. supporting. <laughs> Soon I'll start supporting your podcast. Waiting for my bonus. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Aunt. Shout out to all the men that listen to this podcast. Right. Um, as sisters who give this one dude, he was like, he brought his wife. He was like, I'm the listener. She just listens to the car. I'm like, that's what's <laughs> she up. She just listens with me, but I, I, I'm, I'm the one who's I'm here for fan. y'all. So, and then somebody tweeted us was like, hey, don't forget about the men out here that be listening. This is cute. I know it's a girl thing, but like, it's not a girl thing. We're here. It's for not. You. We're we here love, for everybody. We love hearing that men love this show too. Yeah, as sisters who give, it was like the girls in a circle and the guys were like in chairs. But they were there. <laughs> Giving their support. <laughs> um, if you want to keep up with us, you can. You can follow us on Instagram, Sisters Who Kill Pod. Um, make sure that you follow us, share us, um, 
no, not subscribe. Just follow us and share us. Post us on your story. Send it to a friend. Follow us on TikTok, Sisters Who Kill Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Sisters Who Kill. Um, in the public discussion group, I mean, in the public Facebook page, Sisters Who Kill, and the private Facebook discussion group, Sisters Who Kill Podcast Discussion Group. Anything else, friend? Talk to us. We talk back. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for coming out to Sisters Who Kill. We had so much fun with you guys. It was so great. Bye.